Hello and welcome to week three of our series, Family Feud. We've been having a blast every week in this series. We're talking about relationships and in person, we've been playing Family Feud together and it is absolutely hilarious to hear some of the answers that people have been giving to the questions that we've been asking. But we've been talking about relationships all month long and we're coming out of Amos chapter three, verse three, that says this, it says, can two people walk together without agreeing on the direction? We know that relationships are difficult. So in week one, we talked about some of the underlying difficulties or reasons that we believe we have trouble in our relationships. And then last week, we talked about living that single life and how to navigate being a single person. And what does the Bible say about that in preparation maybe to be married one day or embracing the life that you're in, that maybe you're okay and you're exactly where God wants you to be, walking as a single person. And today, we're going to tackle marriage. And we all know that marriage has enough trouble in its own. Paul actually told us in the Bible, he said, hey, I encourage you to stay single because when you're married, you're going to have lots of issues. I thought it was funny as I was reading online, I found some of the funniest tweets from 2020, the year of the pandemic, a very difficult year for people in quarantine and close quarters together. And these were some of the funny tweets that I found. One, a husband says, does it bother you when I, and the wife quickly said, Yes. Whatever you're about to say, the answer is yes. It does bother me. One says, my wife has been getting at least one package delivered to our house every day for the last seven months. Today, something came for me, and in a judgmental tone, she said, what did you order? <laughs> I think that one is so, so true. One says, marriage is having a separate tube of toothpaste because your spouse squeezes it wrong. We have separate toothpaste in my house, and I didn't know a reason why. I just thought we did. Maybe there's something that I didn't know about. One said, before marrying someone, listen long and hard to the sounds of their chewing because that's the soundtrack of the rest of your life. I know that my wife hates to hear me chew. That one is true. One says, my wife managed to open a jar of pickles herself, and I am now non-essential. 2020, the year of trying to determine what is essential and non-essential. He did not open the jar of pickles. She did it on her own. He's now non-essential. If you have to tell your wife it is a joke, it's already too late. Godspeed. Forgot to use a coupon my wife gave me, and I'm not sure if I should go home or disappear and start a new life. And the last one says... They say communication is important in a marriage, so I just sent my husband six consecutive texts explaining why I am right. Marriage can be difficult. Those who are married often uh, can think back maybe to the moment when you said, I do, and it was the dream moment, it was the fairy tale, it was everything that you had been hoping for, wishing for, ladies, since you were a little girl, planning this big celebration and this marriage, and then maybe fast forward a few years later and you're waking up going, how did I get here? How did it turn out this way? I never thought that marriage was going to be this. You had one picture in your brain, you had it in your mind, you had your uh, anticipation set on something, only to find out marriage was far different than what you dreamed it would be. Today, I want to talk to you about marriage. I titled your message today, Try Again. 
In Family Feud, often when they would miss an answer, they would get that red X, they would say, it's okay, just try again. You've got more tries. Today, what I want to encourage us to do is to try again. You've got another opportunity. You've got more tries at this life of marriage. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't give in. Just keep pushing forward. Marriage is one of the greatest gifts that God has given us. And today, I want to look at three things that really define what marriage is. Some of you are single, hoping to be married. And today, what my hope is, is to give you a good definition of really understanding what marriage actually is. Not the cultural depiction of it, not the cultural understanding of it, but what biblically is marriage. And for married people, some of you are uh, newly married, some of you are barely married, and some of you are um, just slightly married. In other words, some of us are starting the journey, some of us are maybe barely holding on, and some of you may be at the very end almost ready to call it quits. But today, regardless of where you are in your marriage, I believe that these factors are really going to teach us something about God's perspective of what marriage is really supposed to be. And so I want to pray for us today that we could just go to God's Word and that we can ask God, what is it, God, that you want us to receive out of marriage and what is it that you want our marriage to give back to you? What do you want to receive from us? So let's pray today over God's Word that our marriages can be transformed and for those looking to be married that your perspective could be set in the proper place. So God, I love you. I thank you for this day and I thank you for this word. I thank you for every person watching online, every person listening by a podcast. I pray that today the word transforms and changes our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have three definitions of marriage today of what I believe God is speaking to us about marriage. What is marriage? And there's three things that I will give you. And number one, I want you to write this down. Marriage is a mirror. Marriage is a mirror. Now, I think we all understand uh, what a mirror is. I think we probably start most of our days looking in a mirror. Some of you may be single, wanting to be married, and something's not working. Maybe you're skipping the mirror in the morning. That's just a little, a little bit of advice. Look in the mirror. Start your day with a mirror. We understand that a mirror actually gives us our reflection. So you can see yourself right there. There you are, right in the camera, in the mirror. The mirror reflects what is in front of us. If you want to see yourself the way that you really are, you look at your reflection. You pick up a mirror and you look on the inside. And you can see what is on the other side simply by seeing your reflection in a mirror. Marriage is just like that. It is a reflection. Uh, many of us, as we navigate uh, life, and you pick that mirror up, ladies, they will actually say that most women, on average, look in a mirror about 16 times a day. Now, guys, you're not going to believe this because they tell us that men, on average, we look in the mirror about 23 times per day. I never would have imagined that that would have been true, that men would look at themselves more, their reflection in a mirror, than women. Now, the difference, though, is ladies, they say that when you look in the mirror, you're looking at your insecurities or your imperfections. You're looking at the things that you are the most self-conscious about. So when you see your reflection, you're looking at all the things that you're 
unhappy with. But men, when we look in the mirror, we look at the things that we like about ourselves. We're drawn to look at what we think is good. That's why we have so much confidence to approach you ladies because we have more confidence than probably we should. They actually say that men look at their arms more than they look at anything else. We look at our reflections in a mirror. It's what's looking back at us. But the Bible actually teaches us, believe it or not, that our marriage is just like that reflection that we see. It is a true mirror, a reflection of God. I want to show you the, the weight and the responsibility that God looks at in marriage. Now, in culture, we see marriage as a simple contract. See, our, our culture today would teach you that it's just two people. If it works out, if you decide that you want to get the tax credit for being married, if you want to uh, share the weight of uh, responsibility and finances of being married, then why not? You've already been cohabitating. That's what culture says. So just go ahead and get married and, and just make it a thing. But you just sign that piece of paper. It's a contract. And if it doesn't work out, then all you have to do is just uh, null and void. You just cancel that contract and, and you decide to move on with your life. But God looks at marriage very differently. And in Matthew chapter 19, we see Jesus talking about marriage and we see the perspective that Jesus brings and the weight and the responsibility, the importance, the holiness of what marriage actually is to God. In verse 3, it says, some Pharisees came to him to test him. This happened all the time. The religious people tried to trap Jesus. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? I love this. Haven't you read, he replied, that at the beginning the Creator made them male and female? And he said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. And the two will become one flesh. So they're no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. Now, as the Pharisees are trying to trap Jesus, they're wanting to know, hey, Jesus, let me ask you about divorce. Can people get divorced for any and every reason? And I love Jesus' response because we think of Jesus as so maybe polite and so put together. But Jesus' frustration, he said, hey, guys, why are you asking me such an insane, crazy question? Have you not read the scriptures? Like, have you not read the Bible? Do you not know what God said about this? You're religious people. You are, you are people who are supposed to know the law. So why are you asking me this crazy question? And I love the description that Jesus gives. He says that, he says that God created them male and female. Now I want you to notice something. God's intent and design for marriage was male and female. We often try to rewrite this in culture. We're trying to reshape God's intent for marriage and for the marriage relationship. But the Bible says God created them male and female. Then Jesus says, for this reason, a man will leave his father and his mother. And the two will be joined together. They will be united as one person. And what God does, what God puts together, let nobody separate this. Marriage is important. Marriage matters. Marriage is weightier than what culture tries to teach. There is a covenant of marriage and it is a mirror of who God is. You and I, we mirror God. 
When you see something in Scripture where Jesus says, for this reason, I underline that and I ask myself the question, well, well, what is the reason? For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother. Well, what is that reason? We have to know the law of the first mention. And when you read the Bible and something is mentioned for a previous time, go back to the first time it's mentioned and you'll often see God's intent about the topic. We're talking about marriage here. So let's go back to the first mention of marriage in the context here in Genesis 1, 26, and this is what it says. Then God said, let us, that's important, underline that if you can, in your notes, let us make human beings in our image. I underline that word, our, to be like, again, us. God said, let us, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us make all mankind, man and woman, let's make mankind in our image to look like us. See, marriage is the reflection of God on this earth. Marriage is a mirror. Husband, wife, and God. Just as the Trinity, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Three in one, one in three. So you and I, we reflect the very image of God. Marriage is a mirror. Of all the ways that God could have expressed Himself, God said, let us make mankind in our image. I'm going to put a reflection of myself on the earth as I create and as I have them populate this earth, as I create life, I'm going to put a reflection of myself. So how do I do it? How do I want to show myself? How do I reflect the Trinity? Well, I'm going to do it through marriage, man and woman. Two people being brought together in the unity of marriage. They are no longer two, but now they are one. They are unified, and they represent the Godhead, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, as husband, wife, and God. You and I are a reflection. We are a mirror to who God is. So when people see our marriage, they should see God. When our marriage internally in our home with our spouses, we should be reflecting the attributes and the nature of God through the marriage that we have been given. And so I ask you about your marriage today, and I want to ask you this question. And I want you to ask yourself this question. Say, does my marriage reflect God or deflect God? In my marriage today, is the reflection of God there or are we deflecting the reflection of God in our marriage? One great way to know this is you look at the attributes of God and you compare it to the attributes of your, of your marriage. God is love. God is loving. Is your marriage loving? Do you find love and enjoyment and care inside the confines of your Marriage. God is faithful. Are you faithful in your marriage? God never abandons us. He never leaves us. He never cheats on us. He is always faithful to us. Are you faithful in your marriage? God is merciful. I'm so thankful for the mercies of God. Do you, do you provide a place of mercy, an atmosphere of mercy in your marriage? God is forgiving. Thank God. Oh, I'm so thankful that God is forgiving because I need the, God, the forgiveness of God more than I should. 
And inside the confines of my marriage, God knows that I need forgiveness more than I should. Do you provide that reflection of God inside of the context of your marriage in forgiveness? God is a refuge. When the storms of life are raining down, when it is crazy outside, the tornadoes are coming, the waves are are coming in, the wind is blowing, the rain is coming down, the thunder and the lightning, all of the uncertainty of life around us, God is a refuge where you can run to a place of safety. Your marriage should be a place of safety. Your marriage should be a place of refuge. God is patient. Are you patient in your marriage? God is constant. He never changes. Is there consistency in the confines and the context of your marriage? Your marriage is a mirror. It is to reflect the very nature and person of God. People should see God in us through our marriage because as we reflect the Lord, other people see the reflection of God living off of our lives. Your marriage is serious. God was very serious about the marriage union. It's how he chose to express who he is, a reflection of himself, was given to us through our marriage. Do not minimize the place, the responsibility, the weight, and the importance of marriage. Don't let culture rob you from what God says and God intended about marriage. Marriage. Single people, you need to know what marriage is supposed to be. Married people, this is a great way for us to begin taking inventory and refining the marriage that we're in so that we reflect the nature of God in our marriage. And number two, write this down marriage is a mission. Marriage is a mission. A mission is an important assignment. When you are on a mission, this is the mission if you choose to accept it. It's an important assignment that you and I are given in order to do something of importance, something to carry out. See, in marriage, we often think of two people standing face to face, glaring in each other's eyes, thinking about our future, thinking about all the memories that we will create. A beautiful little home with a white picket fence and perfect little kids and a little dog named Spot running around. We're already thinking about the Christmas tree and the home and the presents and the kids wrapped. We're thinking about all of these things in our marriage and it's all inwardly focused as we begin our marriages. That's how most of us begin marriage. Most people begin a relationship in lust and then move into love. But marriage is actually two people standing side by side, looking at the mission of marriage that is in front of them. Look at what the Bible says in Genesis 1 and 28. After God had said, we're going to create man and woman in our image, then God says, verse 28, God blessed them and said, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish of the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. You see that after God said, Adam, Eve, this is my reflection in your union, in your marriage, then he didn't say, okay, that's it. That's where we stop. Just enjoy the rest of your life and just sit back and do nothing and and just spend time together and just focus on each other and that's it. No, 
God blessed them. He blessed their marriage so that it would be blessed and so that it would be holy and so that it would be enjoyable. But then God said, okay, now go do something. I'm giving you a mission. I'm giving you work to do. You have an assignment. You be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, govern the earth, reign over the earth. You have something to do. Your marriage is not just about earthly enjoyment. It's an internal investment. Your marriage is not just about earthly enjoyment. It's an eternal investment. Through your marriage, God intends for you to accomplish something for His glory, for His good. Your marriage is to impact lives that are around you, not just internally, but externally. Marriage is made to make a difference. As believers, we are called to make a difference, to live a life that impacts other people, that changes their whole eternal destination all for eternity. Now, we think about that maybe as a Christian. If you're a Christ follower, you think, well, I know that I'm supposed to live my life on purpose and I have some sort of purpose and I'm supposed to accomplish something for God. But why do we miss that in the context of our marriages? Because not only is marriage a mirror, marriage is a mission. Marriage is giving for us to do something and to accomplish something. Marriage is made to make a difference. People are watching your marriage. My wife and I know this. I am so blessed and I am so thankful. I have the greatest wife on the planet. She is my best friend. There is no one on this planet that I'd rather spend time with or be with than my wife. My wife and I actually met in, De uh, in uh, let's see, May of 2008. We were married in December of 2008. We barely knew each other. We were just asked the other day, somebody said, what was your first date? And we kind of looked at each other funny and we said, we never really had a first date. We met and just became great friends. And through that friendship, we just sort of like one day said, let's get married. We feel like we want to do this for the rest of our life. It was just this natural evolution of friendship and relationship. Now, I am not naive. I know that my family and my friends looked at us and thought we were crazy. They looked at us and said, what do you mean you're getting married? You barely know each other. You just met a few months ago. You haven't even been dating. You haven't even been in a relationship. But we just knew. We knew that it was exactly what God wanted for our lives. Today, we've been married for over 12 years, and we have an incredible little boy together, and, and God has blessed our relationship. We just knew it was the right thing to do, but our relationship, our new marriage, was on a mission for our family. They were watching us. They were seeing our response. They were watching our life together, and so we knew that we were making a difference at the people that were closest to us on the closest level that were watching us the most intimately. Within our church, we lead and pastor a church. And we realize that as pastors, we live in a glass house. We live in a little fishbowl. We know people watch our life very closely. Now, we have a church full of grace, and we're just real people. We all mess up, we all make mistakes, and we've all got our faults, and we all help each other when we fall, and we celebrate our victories, but we understand 
that people are watching the way that we live our lives and our marriage dynamic. And we realize that people are either encouraged by our marriage or they are discouraged by our marriage. And so we know that our marriage is on a mission to make a difference for the people in the confines of our church that are watching us. We want to model, we want to reflect the image of God on a mission in our marriage. We do this even through social media. Everybody watches you through social media. Everybody's watching your life, and they think that everything on social media is the absolute truth. So everything you post and everything you say. Now, this may sound extreme, and this was just sort of a natural evolution for Jen and I. I don't really even know how this happened. But you will not visit a social media platform that my wife and I have individually that our profile picture is not one another. Every profile picture we have on every social media platform is a picture of us as a couple. We just sort of, we just, it randomly happened, but we sort of committed to it. It's not our little boy. It's not anything else. It's us because we identify as a couple. We are two, but we are one. And we present our marriage. We present our life together on social media. We don't go very far within our post before you see one another in our post together. Why? Because our marriage is a mission. We have a little boy, Asher, who's nearly five. He'll be five in May. And we understand that the marriage we have is a mission of leading his life and directing his life. And the very uh, picture that we paint of what marriage is supposed to be, the very picture I paint to him of what a husband is supposed to be, what a father is supposed to be, the very picture that Jen paints is what a mother should be and what a spouse should be is what he's learning from a very early age. Our marriage is a mission inside of our home. Stop thinking about your marriage for your own benefit, for your own enjoyment, for your own closed-door life. Life, but you think about your marriage as a mirror reflecting God and your marriage as a mission showing people who God is. You are the reflection and through mission you reflect Him to others through your marriage. There's a lot of responsibility to your marriage. And then number three, this is important because I know some people are in very difficult marriages today. I know that not all of your marriages are in the greatest place. Maybe you didn't start very well. But marriage is a marathon. Marriage is a marathon. Verse 13 of Malachi chapter 2 says, Here is another thing you do. And this is strong, church. You cover the Lord's altar with tears, weeping and groaning because He pays no attention to your offerings and doesn't accept them with, with pleasure. You cry out, Why doesn't the Lord accept my worship? I'll tell you why. Because the Lord witnessed the vows, underline that, the vows you and your wife made when you were young. But you have been, underline this, unfaithful. Though she remained your faithful partner, the wife of your marriage vows. But didn't the Lord make you one with your wife? In body and spirit you are His. And what does He want? Godly children from your union. So guard your heart. Here's the key words. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. For I hate divorce, says the Lord, the God of Israel. To divorce your wife is to overwhelm her with cruelty, says the Lord of heaven's armies. So guard your heart. Do not be unfaithful to your wife. Wow. What a strong passage of Scripture. Again, we see the weight 
the importance, the responsibility of marriage. We see how important marriage is to God. Now, some of you may be going, well, I, maybe I, I've already messed up too big. I've, already, I've been divorced. I am divorced. I'm, I'm walking in a divorce. Well, let me tell you, God's design and heart for you was, was never divorce. That's never what God wanted. Although God hates divorce, God loves you, and God wants to reach you where you are, and you can come out of this season stronger and better than you were before you began. There is hope for you still. You're, you're stay in the race. Keep chasing after God. Get with some people to help you and to help walk you through this season. But for some of us who want to have a marathon marriage, or maybe you're on the brink of divorce and it's not done yet, I'm going to give you three quick things. These are extra that help you to have a marathon marriage. Now, these are not mind-blowing, but they're real. And the first one is, is commitment. you got to have commitment. In your marriage, for it to work, to have a marathon marriage, you have to have commitment. Commitment to God, commitment to the marriage, and commitment to the marriage mission. Commit to the things that are important to God. Commit today to say, look, we're going to take divorce out of our vocabulary. We've got a lot of options, but divorce is not one of those. So what do we do? Where do we go from here? You find some good people around you. You find some good biblical advice, some good biblical teaching. You get into good biblical church. There are so many things you can do. Let us know if we can serve you and help you in this area. But you get committed individually to God so that you're committed to God together so that you can commit that to the marriage and then commit it to the marriage mission. Communication. Communicate, communicate, communicate. Most experts will say that a lack of communication is still the number one leading cause of divorce. You say, well, I thought finances were, because finances is a big one. Well, often it's, it's the lack of communication in finances that create the disagreements that lead to divorce. Communication. So much can be done through communication. Look, no one is responsible to things that are left unsaid. If you don't communicate it, they can't be responsible for your expectations. Commitment, communication, and the number three, community. How many of you in your marriages, you're struggling and you're so embarrassed because you don't want anybody to know? You're so embarrassed if people would know that you are struggling and that you had that fight and you broke those dishes and you slammed that door and all of those things that happen sometimes in the context of marriage, you are just doing it alone. You need community. You need to connect with somebody. You need to get in a small group. You need to let your pastors know. You need to let your godly, Christ-following friends know that you're in a struggle and get your marriage in the context of community. If you're going to have a marathon marriage, you got to get committed to it. you got to communicate, and you got to get in community. Those are the three ingredients of a marathon marriage, one that makes it the long distance that stands the test of time. Listen, marriage is difficult, but marriage is one of the greatest gifts that God has ever given to us. Your marriage truly is a mirror. It reflects the very nature, the very attributes of who God is. And today, if you're saying, my marriage more deflects instead of reflex, maybe this is a moment where we can say, God, 
Help us to get ourselves right with you so, God, that we are able to reflect who you are so that our marriage is a mirror. Maybe today you are just living for yourselves and you're so overwhelmed with your own marriage stuff that you've never considered that your marriage was meant for mission, that it was meant to make a difference, that it was meant to impact people for eternity, that God wanted to use the confines and the context of your marriage to make a difference in the lives of other people. Maybe today the course of your marriage could change by just making a decision to make your marriage make a difference. And maybe today you need to pray for a marathon marriage to be able to overcome the obstacles, to be able to make it the distance. I want to pray for us today in those areas. Where you are, would you bow your head and close your eyes? And if you're watching today or you're listening and maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus, let me tell you, that's the greatest decision you could ever make. Your marriage will never be successful. You will never find single people, that spouse that you're hoping for or praying for. You'll never be content where you are until you are right with God and you have a relationship with Jesus. You'll never be that parent that God called you to be. You'll never be everything God designed you to be doing it without Jesus. And so today, if you need Jesus in your life, I want to pray for you that today would be a great day for you to say yes to Jesus. And then I want to pray over our marriages today. So Father, I love you. Thank you for every one of my friends watching and every one of my friends listening. I pray that today, if for any person that does not have a relationship with you, that this would be our moment. We confess we have sin, we confess we've gotten it wrong, and we confess Jesus, we need you. So Jesus, today we choose to put you first. Thank you for forgiveness. We confess our sin, we receive that forgiveness, and we put you first in our life. And we pray over every person today, in every marriage, for every relationship, God, that whatever the need may be, that you would direct them. I pray for people that needs direction, that they would find community with people to give them godly advice, to walk out very difficult situations. I pray that we would look to you so that we would be your mirror, a reflection of who you are, that our marriages would live on mission, showing that reflection to the lives of other people. And I pray that you give us all the ability to make it to the end in marathon marriages. God, we love you. Thank you for the gift of marriage. I pray blessing and favor on everyone. In Jesus' name, amen.